Previously on the USS Prioritas. Along with Commander Pentad, Dr. Cakes, and Commander Metricon, I've been assigned to participate in the rescue of Captain Edem Tuzek and the crew of the USS Prite. Their encryptions are sophisticated. It would take months to break. Time, among other things, is a luxury we don't have. Doctor? Population appears to be less than we expected. There also seems to be some pretty severe differences in height and weight among certain portions of the species. Dr. Cakes, please explain the significance of the height difference. The height of residents in closest proximity to our current location, a town known as Wenigland, are 1.143 meters. In contrast, the average occupant of the world's largest city, Smargard, are about 1.524 meters. The strange part isn't so much that there is such a drastic difference in height, but that these people seem to have grouped themselves based on that factor. If there was intentional segregation, there could be animosity. We may have an ally here and not even know it. Intriguing proposition, Lieutenant. Lieutenant, intensify surveys of Winnegland. Let's see what they have to say. And now the continuation. First officer's log, supplemental. We have evaluated all possible data regarding Winnegland and have decided to move on that location. Our objective is to ally with the people of the town, though the computed likelihood is 53.24%. In the case of failed diplomacy, Commander Metricon will make entry into the Mastron Winnegland Operations Center and gather whatever intelligence is available. He is reluctant to elaborate on his method of entry or extraction, but I've accepted he is our most likely chance of alternative success. Commander Metricon is an interesting study. Time spent in his company proves intellectually stimulating, and there is little doubt in his mastery of security operations. Maybe we should have sent Finn in first. They may have responded better to seeing one of their own kind. Okay, that was definitely... That was definitely a short joke. They're attempting to flank our left side. Looks like they're breaking to the right, too. Interesting. For a species that appears to be savage, they're employing advanced tactics. We can't let them get behind us. Whoa! If I can get behind that wall over there, I could probably slow their advance to the left. We should stick together. I won't be able to treat your injuries if you're hit. The lieutenant is correct, Doctor. We must not allow them to flank us. Mr. Cobb, wait for our cover fire. Cover fire. Got it. Wish me luck. Good luck. Doctor, fire on my mark. Mark. They're pushing too hard right now. These little guys are smart. They are indeed, Doctor. Pentad Metricon, status. Hitting out now, Commander. <clears throat> hold your position. Received. We will hold as long as possible. Please expedite. Pentad out. The attacks have intensified. Oh, grand. That's just wonderfully... Fantastic. Doctor, sarcasm is not helpful. I wholeheartedly disagree. You should dabble. I don't think so, Doctor. I shouldn't suppose you would. So I've got to ask. What are our chances of walking out of here, statistically speaking? Well? Significantly less if we stop discharging our weapons. Vague answer, Jace. But accurate, Doctor. You know something, Command... Wait. What is it? The enemy is moving off. We're being eliminated. Lieutenant Cobb? I seriously doubt it. Ben! 
Ben, how? I mean, what? How? Commander Metricon and I just had that same conversation, Doc. But they were flanking us. The three of us couldn't hold them off. How in the heck were you able to infiltrate the base? No time, Doctor. Our transporters are being jammed. We'll have to hoof it double time. Where, Commander? A fortress to the west. We stay off the roads, enter through the forests. Stay close. I have a signature dampening field to hide our movements. We'll talk on the way. Let's move. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Mizugai. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Admirals. You're listening to episode 218 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded on Thursday, April 16th, 2015, and available for download or streaming on Monday, April 20th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Cookie. And I'm Jace. So what do we have this week, Cookie? Well, Admirals, unfortunately, some of our volunteer audio editors needed the week off. So this is going to be a much shorter show than usual. So we're going to jump right into STO news and highlight some of the blogs teasing Season 10. Then we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Let's jump right into STO news. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. In a short blog titled Prelude to the Iconian War, players are given a nice recap of the story thus far and provided with a highlight of events leading up to the Iconian War. You'll find a brief mission review and recap, including the Vodwar Conspiracy. You can also catch a short trailer for Season 10 on Star Trek Online's YouTube channel, voiced by a very convincing Klingon. So, I miss the golden era of Star Trek Online trailers. I do. And although I very much appreciate the effort of whomever pieced this video together, it's not what I have come to expect from awesome game trailers, right? And and even trailers that have been published by Star Trek Online in the past. I mean, the voice acting was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that actor was convincing and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But honestly, I really think that Perfect World Marketing needs to spend some money to hire somebody dedicated for to, to create videos for all their games, all their titles. Or, at the very least, spin it and make it into a community contest, perhaps? Because there are some amazing videos that are published from community players, from players that, that you know, are looking to be creative with the game and create awesome trailers or guides for Star Trek Online. So... One way or another, I, you know, I, I, it's time to see some some really epic trailers, especially for something as big as season ten. You know, it's not even a half season. Well, especially a, a season release in the middle of a recruitment event, like it really right, needs to right. to have a punch to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I like this one, but I'm I'm sold on Star Trek Online. You know, I'm a five year veteran. Right. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere soon. 
So I just think that for a new player or somebody who's maybe just curious about Star Trek Online, if this was the first trailer they, they see, I think it would be a little lackluster. I don't know that it would do the trick to pull somebody in compared to the free-to-play trailer. I mean, that was just a phenomenal trailer. And so for a new season like this, you know, I wish that they would have invested a few more dollars into it. Now, speaking of the oncoming Iconian War, it looks like we'll mostly be fighting against the Heralds, a less evolved and subservient species from the planet Iconia. They, the Heralds, are to Iconians what apes are to humans, if apes could wield weapons, have psionic powers, and know how to use technology to defeat their enemies. Better yet, I relate these more to the Covenant species from Halo. The Iconians are like the Prophets, and the Heralds are like the uh, Sangeli, or the Brutes, or the Hunters. The Sangeli are the, the Elites. You know, guys with the four flaps for mouth. If you say so. Now, in a very detailed blog post by members of the Star Trek Online art team, including art lead Samuel Swalrus Wall, concept artist Hector Ortiz, and senior character artist Joe Jing... They go into some amazing detail about the development of the Heralds and, and what it took to bring these characters to life. And we're going to read a few excerpts that caught our attention specifically. So in the Kardashev scale, Iconians are a type 2 civilization capable of harnessing the full power of a star. Everything about both Iconians and Heralds seems out of place in Star Trek, as it should be. The universe is infinite, and so is the possibility that a race like the Iconians and or the Heralds might exist. For us, a race like that might as well be a race of gods. One can only imagine their logic and societies, if those even apply. And we can be sure it won't fit any preconception we have today about what alien societies might look like. This little excerpt reminds me very much of the TNG episode Who Watches the Watchers, when Picard tries to explain to her how technology can be perceived to a society that has very little technology. So um, I, that's, that's one thing that kind of sprung in my mind as I read that. The other, another excerpt is, Iconian technology was so far ahead of anything else that whatever they passed down to the Heralds would be almost quote-unquote magical. With this in mind, the art team envisioned the Heralds not using traditional science fiction tropes, such as ray guns, and instead using weapons and gear more akin to magic. So instead of a phaser assault weapon, the Heralds could use weapons such as a staff with a glowing orb or a mace that does massive melee damage. Yet, these weapons could be able to attack at range. The Heralds were to be a contrast of visual style and technology compared to anything else in the game. See, something I found interesting about that is they also said that the Iconians are using these forms of technology to further establish the relationships they have with the Heralds. Since the Heralds basically worship them, they give them the technology in an incomprehensible form or a very mystical-seeming form. I get the impression that maybe the Heralds don't even fully understand the technology that they're given. They just know how to use it. Like, they probably couldn't build one, but maybe they could replicate one, that kind of thing. It's nice to see that the cryptic team has this opportunity to really explore, right? Because up till this point, they've been stuck with lore, right? The having to create things that have already been seen on the screen, except for the Deferi and a few other things. But here comes a key plot point, a key story, a, a species that they can just have a ball with. And they make that point, too, that they're much more radically different 
from anything we've previously seen in Trek for partly that reason. These guys are potentially the contemporaries of the preservers or the contemporaries of ancient empires that we only hear about in, in Trek deep in the background. Whereas the preservers are presumably a big part of the reason why everything else sort of looks similar because of the seeding of humanoid races and the way that they guided the early development of the galaxy. But the Iconians come from a totally different branch. This is more like the, the ancients or the first ones from Babylon 5. We've got new Star Trek alum coming to voice STO in Season 10. First is Lisa Lo Cicero. She's been brought on board to reprise her role as Myril Paris, the daughter of Bellana Torres and Tom Paris of Star Trek Voyager. You might remember her significance from the Voyager episode Prophecy, where Voyager finds a derelict Klingon ship wandering the Delta Quadrant in search of the Kuva Ma. You might also remember she was introduced in STO during the Klingon mission arc as you start the game. Joining her is Daddy, Tom Paris, voiced by Robert Duncan McNeil. Nothing much has been revealed with respect to his involvement in the Season 10 storyline, but what we do know is that he is now the captain of his own ship, and still as death-defying as before. Also, older and more distinguished. Alright, so kind of a light week in release notes. Looking at Tribble, they continue to work on content for Season 10. Some fixes to Gateway to Grethor and Brotherhood of the Sword, uh, continuing to tweak the sector space revamp, and also some more bug fixes and changes for the piloting specialization update. Um, in release notes for this week, Uneasy Allies event is over. It's no longer the featured episode, so it is now a level 60 episode and has its own new tab, Iconian War, in the journal. A couple of fixes for the Delta recruits and also the Andromeda and updated Canon Galaxy. But that's really about it for this week. Are you all pre-patched? Mm-mm. Yes. I kept having to click out of it because it was my computer was filled and I didn't have room for it. But I fixed it now, so I should be pre-patching normally now. For week three of the Delta Recruit event, we need to focus on R&D assignments. Each time a Delta Recruit completes an R&D assignment, it will contribute to the meter. Completing the first tier will grant 25% more R&D XP to everyone the following week. Second tier goes to 50%, and the third tier will grant 75% more. You know, I thought that this would actually be one that people didn't glom onto, but it's already moving pretty fast for having just gone up a few hours ago. Yeah. We're probably definitely going to get this one. I think a lot of people were crafting anyway for their Delta alts. Yeah. Well, Admirals, last but certainly not least, if you haven't already heard, Season 10's launch date has been announced for Tuesday, April 21st. So, since this episode of Priority One Podcast will be released the day before Season 10 launches... Our community question this week is for you to share your experiences on the Season 10 content. Let us know in the comment section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO218 or on Facebook or Twitter. Well, that wraps up Star Trek Online news for this week. Let's open Haley Frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Haley Frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Admirals, we're at the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. And as a reminder, last week's community question was, what are your initial thoughts on the new reputation system? Are you already thinking of swapping out some gear? If so, what are you going to give up for these new goodies? Mr. Frosty wrote in, great show. 
Looking forward to the new reputation, some of the ground gear looks pretty sweet. Is it just me or is it hard to keep track of all the different reputation sets in the game? Maybe we could have separate tabs in the inventory for sets only? Another great show in bloopers? Wine, anyone? Sangria for me today. Oh, that sounds nice. But I think Mr. Frosty is right. Some of the reputation gear even looks somewhat similar. Like, I have several shields that are like a purplish-red shield, and I sort of have to hover over each one and figure out which one is which set. When I'm storing them, I try to keep them on my unused ships so that I can just switch back to their normal loadout, but... That's what I do. Huh. Yep. Not, not a bad idea. Star Chaser writes, This episode had me speculating about the Iconians. The galactic barrier and the fact that it gives you godlike powers was brought up in this episode. A thought about this came to mind. While the barrier does give powers, it also has a way of damaging the mind. This made me think that maybe the Iconians were once a kinder, gentler race, then they fled the galaxy for some reason through the barrier, gained the impressive powers that were seen in surface tension, but now their minds are warped and distorted. What is this about the galactic barrier? Where, where is this coming from? That's going back to the original episode, which was the first that ever aired of TOS, where no man has gone before, where Gary Mitchell, when the Enterprise crosses the galactic barrier, gains uh, incredible psionic powers, but also becomes very unstable. And it actually was also the subject of the comic. Uh, the first issue of the comic that I reviewed last week was a JJ-verse take on that same story. This is kind of interesting because this theory combines the idea that maybe history was written by the victors, but also maybe that it was sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy that after the Iconians were defeated and driven out, their powers multiplied. But the, the trick to this is that the Iconians already had sufficient power to dominate much of the galaxy even before they were chased off of Iconia. So I'm not sure if that works, but I, I like the idea. It's pretty cool. Yeah, interesting perspective. Inaz Dax wrote in, there is no reason to use the counter command set to boost phaser damage if you are not using a weapon that does phaser damage. The TR-116B does not do phaser damage and should not get a buff from the counter command set. The TR-116B does kinetic damage. Yeah, I misspoke on air last week. I was thinking of the adapted Mako Pulse Wave, which is my backup weapon to the TR-116, depending on what content I'm doing. That's what I use the phaser bonus for. The more important factor in the two-piece bonus of the counter command set is the 5% crit chance boost, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Gavin Runeblade wrote in, Cookie, tragically, there are no female Gorn shown on screen. Mm -hmm. Gorn only appear three times, one in Arena, fighting Kirk, one in the animated series, sitting at a desk in a council meeting, and one as a background character in Enterprise in a Mirror Darkly. Gecko once joked that since in many reptile species the females are bigger, the female Gorn are already in the game. They're the big topless ones walking <laughs> around First City. Several players have asked for the male-female to be removed from Gorn and just make it impossible to tell the difference. A solution, I think, would be very novel. Yeah, I would rather that than what it is now, but I know I saw, I mean, because Q, anytime Q is on ESD or wherever, there's little female Gorns with little skirts dancing. So it's like, <laughs> I know it's jealous. capable to have that. We just don't get to have it. You just want Gorns in skirts. I want Gorn in shorts. I want to get the Risa shorts for my yeah, Gorn totally and sunglasses, can. but I don't think they can wear the sunglasses unless they updated that. Well, they need to if they haven't. Maximus Rex writes, This episode was worth it just for the opening. Yes, that prelude was fantastic. So a big shout out to Jake. 
our prelude fictional writer who uh, did a fantastic job with that. It was just absolutely amazing. And, and you all did some fantastic voice work. So kudos to you all. And before we go, a quick shout out to Tiberius who wrote in via email with a very nice summary of events for 2409 and 2410 for Star Trek Online, since I F through everything. So <laughs> thanks, Tiberius. Special thanks to, uh, was it Bushwookie that tweeted the F key for your new icon? (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a good one, too. That was good, too. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on Facebook.com slash PriorityOnePodcast. Follow us on Twitter at STOPriority1. Or shoot an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, that wraps up episode 218 of Priority One Podcast. Brought to you by all of our Patreon supporters. Be sure to catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Admirals, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses for our community question in the comments section on our site or on the STO forum post for this episode. This week's community question is, Season 10 is live this week. How far along have you progressed and what do you think about the content? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO218 or comment via Facebook or Twitter. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STOPriority1. You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One. Admirals, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. And thanks to our patrons, we've already hit our monthly running costs. And now it's time to start thinking about Vegas. Don't forget that even if you can't offer financial support, sharing our show with your friends is another great way to show us your support. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Covering the ongoing development of Chris Roberts' upcoming space sim, Star Citizen, if you like this show then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. The Priority One fleet is recruiting. If you're interested in joining, just shoot us an email with your at handle and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. And now you can join our Klingon fleet division, Warriors of Priority One. Today is a good day to join. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineers, Ben Churchill and Admiral Winters. With support from Midnight Shadow 7, of Tribbles and Ecstasy. Thanks to our graphic artist, Romulan Ale, to all of our bloggers and their managing editor, L, to the writer of our prelude dramas and foundry reviewer, Jake Morgan, to our video editor, Jerry Tillman, to Chris Trone, our social media manager. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek online community and our listeners, Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage.
Transfer complete. I'm Elijah. I'm Cookie. And I'm Jace. Well, what do we have this week, Jace? <laughs> Our... So we're going to jump right into STO news and highlight some of... The... So I was doing good. I was doing. I, I, know, you I were put on in my own words there. I put in my own C. It's nice to see that they are have the opportunity. The cryptic team has the opportunity. Cryptic. It's the ice. I swear, it's not the alcohol. Uh -huh. It's the ice. It's my my mouth is numb. You have numb tongue. Um, numb tongue. <laughs> numb tongue. Go ahead, Cookie. All right, and then this one that I've highlighted is it Los Cicero? Yep. Yes. We've You're got. Still gonna mess it up. What? What? Yeah, you got to give her confidence. I have total faith in you, Cookie. <laughs> Joining her is Daddy. Daddy, <laughs> I want a squirrel. <laughs> Sorry. Daddy, I just, that's, okay. If you haven't already heard, Season 10's launch date has been announced for Tuesday, April 21st, which is the day after this episode is published. Have fun in the game. That's all I got. <laughs> this is Elijah. Feedback sync one. This is Cookie. Feedback sync two. <laughs> this is Jay's feedback sync three. Another great show in bloopers. Wine, anyone? Sangria for me today. Oh, that sounds nice. And other things, whatever your mouth was full with when you were trying to speak earlier. Ice, ice. Baby. <laughs> I didn't even like, I said ice ice speculating speculating me specu speculating no speculate over right speculating speculating why are you even doing that You're, it's a quote I know it wasn't know. wrong Elijah did it Elijah did it okay whatever it's his idea <laughs> Star Chaser wrote, This episode had me speculating the Iconians. The galactic barrier and the fact that it gives you godlike powers was brought in this episode. Brought up. Yeah. Why are you even changing it? It's a quote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because that's what he meant. Go ahead, Elijah. Did you get enough ice there, oh, Elijah? Oh, sorry. Nam tongue. I didn't read who it was. Good catch, Sunsi, y'all. Ice, like, messes up Elijah's focus and stuff, I think. Who? I think it, like, really does something to, like, the brain freeze what? thing. I think there is something to that. No, I, it's numb tongue. It's numb tongue. I'm sure that's and part I've of it too. Had like four, but it's like not exclusive four, to the tongue. Is what hey I'm guys, had like four glasses. Can you mute yourselves and then argue? And then I'll go ahead and read my part. <laughs> <laughs> Maximus Rex writes in. You see? Let me actually. He has rights too. Max, the English language. It's the English language that's confusing about this. This is. You not... shut your mouth when you're talking to me. And I'm the only <laughs> bilingual one here. Well, why would it have so many words sound exactly the same and mean all kinds of different things? Some of them are even spelled the same. How do people learn this language? Cookie, there's nine words left in the show. For the love of God <laughs> and my own sanity. 
Oh my god, Elijah is so drunk. I'm not drunk. Beam me he up. Just I'm drunk. Like several times. No, it's He's the ice. Beaming it on it. the ice. <laughs> it is. I numb tongue. I'm not kidding. And what's oh who's messaging? <laughs> Who? Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. Please keep them coming. Reach out to us on priority. Reach out oh. to us on. Now you're yelling. Hurry up! I want to leave. Don't raise your voice at God. Me. Please do. <laughs> short show. Short show.